0: I really enjoyed uh, meeting Michelle and Bruckner in person the other day. That was awesome.
1: Isn't that awesome? Man, they're so great. I'm so glad we're able to have them in town and, and get them to come and speak to the 813 Collective. Uh, such a privilege. Yeah, absolutely. For those of you listening, Michelle consults
0: our team on impact in, uh, impact measurement, and her husband, Bruckner, is a Red Bull athlete. So we were not short of conversation last night.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, by the way, well, I'll just, let's just say this and then we'll just jump into the show. Um, some of the conversation actually related to some of the news that we'll get into today. We'll probably get to that news pretty quickly. Um, Bruckner is say consults with, uh, uh, Noah national, what is that? The national wet? Oh my gosh weather association where the heck they are ocean national ocean anyway he does like ocean research i feel like such a fool for not knowing that off the top of my head um while you it's look a, that up and, huh? it's the national
0: oceanic and atmospheric administration
1: there we go. yeah so he does a ton of consulting with them and like ocean safety for uh you know uh water kind of oceanfront communities and works with them around the world putting tons of material together and he had quite a bit to say about a news story about um that came out last week that we'll get to here in a bit for those just joining us this is tampa talk it's april 28th i'm john
0: and i'm dahlia thanks for joining us
1: uh all right well let's get into it what are we talking about
0: so on uh, april 24th so this week in 1974 tampa became the first city be involved in the NFL's post-merger expansion efforts and 28 2018. So the Tampa Bay franchise later became known as the Buccaneers following a name the team contest.
1: I didn't realize you had to name them. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't around. I wasn't around for that. But yeah, there was a uh, name the team contest uh, went with Buccaneers. And so that makes us 49 something. I'm not, I don't know my math that quick, but uh, there you go. <laughs> this week in Tampa history. Now Let's uh let's jump into this because I I tease this out enough with Bruckner. So we're at dinner, uh, with Bruckner the other night, who who is actually like, hey, I actually am. Uh, we he was gonna be with us for the next few days and maybe into the weekend a little bit. And he's like, hey, I actually got to do a bunch of like news stories, but they're related to something that some news that happened right here. So he's got to bounce, and Saturday morning he's got to go on a bunch of news. I believe some national news stuff he's doing around ocean safety, um, but. The the short of it is uh so you and some of you may have seen, so last on Sunday, a father and daughter um drowned uh off Passa Grill and they were found how far out? Like their bodies were found? Yeah,
0: their bodies were found uh, I don't think I have it in my notes here, but, but very, very far out. And unfortunately it was a little girl, so a ten year old daughter and her forty two year old father that drowned after being caught in the strip uh being caught in this current.
1: Yeah. And so the news all calls this a rip current, which um, and so the the article we posted in word on the street says uh, drown after being caught in rip current. Um, And Bruckner uh, is this is like he he's for actually forwarded me an email he was doing with all this, like weather reporting people. And it's just like, look, this is a tragic story being made more tragic by, uh, they're not sharing what actually happened and we cannot call everything a riptide. And then even in the article that we shared, and I just, there isn't an article to share that doesn't do this says, here's what you do when you're caught in a riptide, you know, relax. And this is all true. Relax. Uh, don't freak out, swim. They usually say, if you can swim parallel, um, to the, uh, shoreline. Um, to get out of that rip current but even if you're not a strong swimmer a lot of times like just relax it's not going to take you very far you can signal to shore to get help or whatever Um, and but in this case uh, he did a bunch of he was looking at he's like look there was no rip current warning for the day first of all from the national weather service Um, there was not enough wave or water action to cause a strong rip Uh, in that place. And then he, in the email thread, he showed, here's what all the tides were doing. And when that actually happened was a severe fast outgoing, like a, basically his outgoing tide. So, and, and this, he's like, this is, this is a problem, a very dangerous situation that affects coastal communities all over, uh, the world really. Um, but especially here in Florida and the Gulf coast, you have like inlets and he's like, so you have a bunch of water in And then it's going to rush out through a small opening. Um, That is not a rip current and swimming parallel wouldn't necessarily have helped you because all of this water uh, is going to rush out. I was texting with Bruttner this morning to say like, well, what would you recommend then? He's like, I rec, I recommend you not be in the water when the tide is going out in an inlet. That's just bad to do. You should get out of the water when the tide, when the tide is changing. He said, but if you're going to be in the water, um, he's like, the the advice to this family would have been chill you're going to get picked up way the heck out in the water but you'd be more likely to be alive by not wasting all your energy fighting because you're gonna be treading water for a while um he's yeah. just like that when you're going out you're gonna you're gonna get taken very far out if you get caught in that kind of uh tidal change going out anyway but he's really bothered by the um the constant calling of things riptides because he said, you know, if we actually had more understanding of what's going on, we could have better practices in our relationship to the ocean. And that's what he does. And we just happen to be kind of at dinner with this with this man that knows this stuff inside out. So wanted to go ahead and just share that here. Um Yeah. In yeah. people's context, uh, don't quote me on this, but I, I believe tides change like up to four
0: feet. So if you think about four feet of water flooding in and out, right? That's a huge that's a massive amount of movement. I know the big thing at like Al you know how like Alcatraz over in California was um deemed like impossible to swim across the bay? Yep. Um well that's not true, right? Because people swim it all the time right now. Well, yep. back in the day, why was before we had like these premier athletes, it was it was those tide changes and the same thing, water mm-hmm. rushing out through a small channel uh, back into the ocean, right? Um again, a bay. And so I don't think people realize just how many like the ocean is so unexplored and people are so unaware of kind of the, the functions of it uh, so know what you're doing especially if you're not a strong swimmer learn more about
1: that oh my gosh and i mean just anyone who's been in any kind of like what it's water is the most powerful thing i mean yeah talk about encounter with a power greater than yourself it is an unbelievable um monster of a strength and, yeah, absolutely. uh in his in his email he actually said uh he was re- referencing something in i think nova scotia similar okay and he said five feet there um, is their tidal change. He said, Tampa, some of the Tampa Bay inlet area, he's like, you're looking at more like two feet, um, but okay. you're looking at fast movement. So he's like, okay. you're still looking at like 13 miles an hour. Um, you know, that tide couple with strong wind. He's like, you're, you're in bad shape if you're in that, if you're in that water. So anyway, uh, heads up out there. And uh, anyway, that was a tragic incident that happened uh, to a family here uh, just this last week. And, um, you know, we wanted to kind of echo Bruckner, what Bruckner was sharing with us so that we see, we don't see that again with any of you listening. Absolutely. Um. And
0: other more positive news, USF Health uh, and Tampa General bring healthcare communities to those that need it most. And so this is a cool story. The USF Health Mursani College of Medicine um do have a program called Street Medicine. And yep. so this program, I'm program i'm pretty familiar with so richa who helped co-found wealth community is a uh, part of the tampa bay street medicine team the well actually donates um or not donates but facilitates food distribution through their refugee street clinic specifically and so these are partners of us in practice um but the project specifically is a brand new mobile nurse medical clinic and so up, it's a, huh? yeah it was a 3.85 million federal grant um, obviously that's not what they spent on the bus alone, but right. it's sweet. It's like R V style. Um and it will be called the Port Clinic. And so it will be uh, docked over at the Port of Tampa or not docked, but parked over at the Port of Tampa Bay, and then a ribbon cutting ceremony is slated for late May. But um but yeah, it's cool. If you go look at the photos, it is a sweet uh vehicle that they're gonna be able to use to help the homeless and, you know, just other people that they um, engage with on on street.
1: You know, when we were running the drop in center down in Tampa Heights, we had uh, the street uh, street team come out quite a bit and work alongside nice. of us. They were really amazing. By the way, you said it would be called the Port Clinic. And, and am I wrong to say that they actually said it would be called Mo Dash Bull, the Mo Bull medical clinic?
0: Yeah, so it will be the mobile medical clinic, but I think it's being uh, parked over at the port. And that's so that's right, why it's like right. the port, port, because they have the Ebor clinic location. So I think the Ebor ah. clinic. Oh, the location, way they're
1: internally referencing, like, okay, you got the port, you got the Ebor, yeah. like their clinics yeah. that they run. Got it.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I could have misread that, so read the article and you know learn more. But uh, yeah, the actual bus is like the mobile, mobile uh, health clinic or whatever it is. Low
1: dash bull. Or, yeah.
0: <laughs> or not reading
1: it because uh that's they're very cheeky. <laughs> uh
0: another USF news, USF uh thirty of USF's graduate programs ranked amongst the nation's best. And so this was a um, a ranking release by the US News and World Report. And so we had a hundred thirty one programs ranked inside the top a hundred, and then a handful and probably another couple dozen ranked in the top fifty. The ones to really point out are the Industrial and Organizational Psychology got third in its category. Um, The School of Public Health got 22nd. Uh, Audiology, which I have no idea even what that is, got 18th. And criminology got 18th as well. And uh, they did want to state that the medical school programs were not included in this list. So Mm. um, those will come out later in the year. And some other news, uh, the um, really interesting story about the Shooters World offering concealed carry classes and so this Hillsborough County has partnered with Shooters World to offer residents free concealed carry classes through a partnership and this will provide 650 residents to take a free class and, uh, and invest and also be offered free trigger locks and gun vaults and so this actually comes as a reaction to the uh, Governor Ron DeSantis decision to sign a permitless carry bill. And so I don't know how familiar people have been with this, but, um, DeSantis recently allowed for permitless carry. So previously you needed to have a permit to go through an educational class in order to be able to carry a weapon on you. Um, and it concealed mm. like in public. And so, you know, depending on your views, that can be a little bit intimidating because you have a bunch of untrained pe- people with less education than usual carrying around a firearm. And so the sheriff's department thought, that that this was a a way to kind of there was a void created in that law and that this training mechanism can help keep people safe safe and so providing things like trigger locks gun bolts and of course this education is a way that even though these people will not need the class they can receive it for free now and um still have that information um so i think it's a great i I think it's a great reaction of the county
1: yeah it is and i guess they're coughing up like 75k to fund uh these classes so they've got you covered to pay that bill if that's something you've wanted to do um (laughs) free class uh free permit um yeah so i
0: encourage you if you own a firearm and you can't list the uh, the rules of gun safety to go learn those things or enroll in class because um those rules are very important and um in some other news, uh, the Tampa Riverwalk has created a new intersection mural, and in this, you know, is also in the efforts of pedestrian safety. And so, artist Jay uh, Giru or Giru um, is one of the two artists working on the mural, and he said this is the first time he's worked on an art that incorporates wayfinding. So basically, the way that the mural is designed is that it's actually supposed to help navigate you across the intersection. Because I guess it's it's kind of where, it's where the bridge is, you know, when you get up through Curtis before you get to Curtis Houston, and you have to like come mm-hmm. up to the road and then go back down. And I guess accidents were happening with pedestrians and vehicles and they did have like signage, but I, I guess it wasn't effective. So it's a super brightly colored kind of um artistic mural that also points you in the right direction. So he thought that was, that is pretty cool. And yep. uh, that's, a, I think it's a really interesting way to practice um safe, safety for our pedestrians. Um, in some not so positive news, we have the, well, I, I don't know. This one, I even personally was in my own mind trying to think through like where I stood on the issue. Um, and I encourage you to explore it yourself as well. But the, the house, um, or sorry, the Senate, the Florida Senate passed a bill on Tuesday that would allow for the death penalty for people who commit sexual batteries on children under the age of 12. And so this uh, bill, Bill HB 1297, and again, I encourage you to look these things up because these bills are super long. And so it's important to understand what they say, um, but they're sending the issue to Ron, uh, Ron Sanchez's desk to be signed. And it was actually approved in a 95-14 vote. So that's a very, very large majority. Yeah. Um. The the under the bill, defendants could receive death sentences based on the recommendations of at least eight of twelve jurors. So the I think the, the more curious thing to me is the fact that it's not even a unanimous vote, right? Um, but obviously, this is a horrendous crime. Um, I also know from people that I know who worked in jail that sexual
1: offenders of kids are usually killed in jail by other offenders and uh getting sent to jail for violating a child is a death sentence period
0: right and i almost yeah. this is going to be terrible for me but i almost rather see that happen in a just setting um but but yeah so that's the bill right now we have uh and this and i think what this this article really points at is that this is the death penalty for the specific issue but lawmakers recently passed a bill that allowed death sentences in murder cases Um, also from an 8 to 12 vote. So essentially, there's this trend towards more and more death sentence with not unanimous juries. And I think Mm. that is something to look really closely at.
1: Jeez. All of that is heavy on both sides.
0: It is. Absolutely. Um, So we'll leave you with um, a couple more positive pieces of news. Uh, Well, this one, I guess, isn't positive but tampa ranks uh amongst the nation's buggiest uh says report and so true green which i think is a long care company oh yeah mm-hmm. it is um ranked tampa as number five in um bugs specifically mosquitoes squeeze and ticks and so five in the nation uh, of metropolitan areas and so we the be- we fell behind los angeles uh houston dallas um and atlanta georgia Man, and so LA they all also-
1: number one wow
0: yeah, which I heard in general. So yeah, I don't know, but, uh, this year specifically, they warned us that we could get even buggier because, um, there's been a lot of weather shifts and temperatures that have strayed from the traditional pattern. And so that's brought in more storms and inclement weather. And we're going to have a wet spring and then, uh, a buggier spring and summer. So I will attest to Tampa being very, very buggy. I also live by the river and it is extra buggy, but, uh, and actually when i moved to florida i remember seeing all the lanai's everywhere like everyone's like cuff, like lanai's and i thought it was i thought you guys were soft i was like why does everyone need a lanai like you guys can't Green deal with here. like a, yeah you guys can't deal with a single bug like come on um and then i lived here and i was like i was like what was, is
1: a what is a single bug <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah even in my lanai
0: i get bit um i went to the everglades this year and i thought it was absolutely stunning and the most buggy experience of my life like it, it could you drive know, some of the psychosis I,
1: I always it's funny with I've always been more bothered not by bugs but other people like I've been bothered by people like so if I'm around bugs and other people, the bugs are not what bother me. I've always yeah. been really disturbed by how people act when there's bugs yeah. like the, yeah. the reactions the visceral reactions that people have. And then a long time ago, quick little side story, I was uh, shoveling manure in a horse barn. Like I was cleaning these barns out and I was staring at a horse in this barn and a fly landed on this horse's eyeball and the horse just just didn't do anything. And, you know, you'd see them like twitch their muscles once in a while to like, you know, like almost like it's like get the flies off their butt or whatever. But they just stood there and took it, and I remember, like I was, this was like a developmental moment. I stared at that horse and thought, "I want to be like that horse. To be so unbothered uh, that a fly can land on my eyeball and I'm good." Yeah. (laughs) And uh, anyway, I think of that every time people freak out about the bugs, but we got them. We got them. Yeah. Go to the Everglades and then uh, talk to me again. Talk to me about your horse.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So. But I do encourage people to go to the Everglades in general. Just don't go out past us. Um, and then this is the positive news, I promise. So, um, there is a student at Land Lakes High School's IB program. Aranth. He is a volunteer over at well Built Bikes. And he has been doing a bike drive for us. Um, for, he's done several. How many bikes has he collected total, John? Hundreds? Hundreds,
1: hundreds. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. And he's also brought us more media than we've ever gotten from anything else. Because this kid is collecting all these bikes and reaching out to everybody to get it done. And, uh, that's, it's been incredible. Yeah. And he, so he, um, this is in the Lutz news and he is offering people
0: to help people transport their donation to the bike shop, um, by reaching him at his number that he provides. And, uh, up until December 23rd, he'll be collecting, doing another bike drive. So this will be like his like third or fourth or fifth. He's done so many for us and we're, we're very, very grateful to him
1: and, uh, yeah, be sure to check him out. Yep. Facebook.com slash recycle your bicycle, Tampa Bay to find them. Sweet. Uh, this weekend we have
0: the Gasparilla music festival happening at Chris Sixton park. And so I went to this last year. This is where I saw Nas present, uh, uh, perform for like 30 bucks. So 10 out of 10 would recommend the Gasparilla music festival. Oh yeah. Um, it's $50 for a single ticket, which is pretty affordable considering you're going to see like a couple artists and then 80 bucks for two days, I think. Um, so yeah check it out it supports um music education through its recycled tunes program um also at Tam- uh, the christian part next weekend is Tampa Riverfest from uh saturday and sunday in the evening hours so from five to ten and from one to ten um and then that weekend as well as the uptown music festival so if you haven't got your tickets for that <laughs> oh excuse me uh, go <laughs> get your tickets,
1: tickets.
0: <laughs> yeah go do that they're they're pretty affordable too at, at 25 bucks um, but that's what we have for you today please uh share tampa Talk. we started to include this in our weekly newsletter as well coming out on friday mornings and we've been getting some really good feedback so thanks to all those that are listening and please uh share the share the story otherwise we'll be out at Harvest Hope this morning from ten thirty to twelve, and the Ebor Street Community Garden from ten to twelve. Love it. All right, that's what we're talking about, everyone. And thanks for joining us. Until next time,
1: y'all be good.